Hello and welcome, or welcome back to the Backpackers Book Club. I'm Cam. Hi, I'm Sid. It's me. <laughs> and I am B.A. Rudy's, but please call me Alex. Nice. <laughs> and we are your host today on the podcast. Um, as you may have heard, um, Beth sounds kind of different today, um, but that's because <laughs> it's not Beth. We have our first ever guest on uh, the podcast, author VA Rudus, um, and thank you so much for being here and agreeing to talk to us. Um, I My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I hope this goes well and that we don't sky you from the podcast. Um, Community forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Backpackers Book Club, where we talk about books and things. <laughs> So I've created like three sections um, of questions to talk about. One, just talking about life, you know, um, to get another insight other than books. Uh, one about being an author so that any aspiring writers, I was going to say authors. There, go. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. I was like, authorists? No. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe get some tips. And then obviously we are going to talk about your debut novel, My Wife J.D., we have both read, yeah, we can also talk about how we found it. Firstly, um, if you don't mind talking Let's about... begin. Yes. Let's begin. Oh, by the way, <laughs> obviously I've, I've done a bit of research, but I've not stalked you completely. Um, <laughs> but are there, you know, any... <laughs> so That's I don't so know sweet. <laughs> how loved do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wanted some things to be a surprise as well. Um Please, could you tell us what VA stands for and educate us on the pronunciation of it? Right. So as you might hear from my accent, I'm not British or English or it's not my native language. I'm from Lithuania and my first name is uh, Vitotas and my, is, um, my middle name is Alexandras. Uh, and so people normally call me Alex just purely from the convenience uh, purposes. I did think that maybe I could go with some sort of like uh, interesting pen name, but... I think trying to come up with a pen name, I'd feel really stressed. <laughs> I mean... I'd, I'd feel like, I'd feel like, you know how, I don't know if anyone knows this, um, but Lady Gaga, to come up with Lady Gaga, literally flipped to two different pages on a magazine and picked Lady and then Gaga. <laughs> I didn't know that. I think that's how I'd have to pick. I mean, Otherwise I'd be like, what? my stage name as well. You know, I spent three years because um, I'm an actor. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and I had to pick my stage name. And obviously you can go with just your name or if you want to change it. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, whoa, this is getting way too deep. Like, you know, <laughs> am I going to change it completely and be because you want to make it meaningful, right? Yeah. Like you, you want to think that it's, you know, it's going to be part of you and it's very important and it would be very awkward to change it later. But that's why I thought like, I'm just not going to go with anything like silly or not me. You know, I mean, everyone who knows me, like they, 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 they know what it stands for. And then people, if they don't know, then I don't know. It just doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You said you were Lithuanian. Um, what's Lithuania yes. like? Because I've definitely never been. Um... Now, it's uh, everyone is very stressed because. Yes, I <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it must be a very a bit of a. 
it's it's funny thing like uh, in a times like this you know what's happening with U- ukraine uh people tend to kind of come together and i think what corona did is to split people apart you know yeah. like you you have a people who you know hated vaccines and people who are like forcing other ones to get like to get vaccines and it was like there was like a lot of tension between uh, the, the two groups um but you know with something like this with ukraine and war you have very little people who actually are supporting russia and uh, if they do it's probably because of uh russia media and like propaganda so but like in terms of in, in lithuania i think everyone come came together very beautifully and uh, you know to see all the other con- countries in europe you know kind of so working together towards this in in support of what's happening in europe i think it's very beautiful so it's like mm. almost from every negativity there's always gonna come something positive so it's like lithuania because i'd say it's one of the smaller countries in the world that i mean i'm going I off probably but do you yeah. have like small communities or um is it quite built up I don't think there's anything really special about Lithuania. I think what might be interesting fact is that Lithuania is the center of Europe, like geographic center. Oh, I didn't know that. If you would, no. so there's a, even like a monument uh, in Lithuania, and you wouldn't think it because it's quite. It seems like quite close yeah. to Russia, but like geographically, if you would draw like a like a circle or whatever, like it does fall into Lithuania. So that's quite you know um, quite nice. Just like. A small small interesting fact geographically that's great to know because my geography is very limited. yeah i thought it was <laughs> really limited like i for a very long time uh thought that, oh, where was it i thought that like vietnam was in germany for a while when i was in school <laughs> i don't think whole... you should admit that do you know what <laughs> i admitted it to prove that we all learn and we all grow okay <laughs> <laughs> they tried to make me do geography a level and i was like are you are you okay <laughs> are you okay <laughs> anyway oh my goodness <laughs> okay moving on um so um why did you decide to move to london uh that's actually for my media degree because in lithuania you didn't have any uh universities who uh, were actually educating you know people to to become like video editors or camera operators and there was there was one degree for camera operating and you would need to study for four years and I was looking into it and basically you you start using cameras in your third year and I'm like what the hell like no so I I thought like you know like UK being uh, producing movies and like shows and like yeah I instantly found uh, a good uh, degree and um and I'm, you know, it was three years and I learned so much than what I would have learned in Lithuania. And, and yeah, and I just stayed here because it just made sense for me to use that knowledge mm. I had in the university. So do you think you'll ever move back? I don't think so. It's because my boyfriend is from Australia and uh, I just don't see him ever kind of adapting. Yeah. Uh, to, to like Lithuanian culture and everything like uh, in Lithuania you have a uh, you can't buy alcohol after eight o'clock like in the shops like every day and uh, he went there one one day around nine o'clock just to get a can of of beer and then he said uh, like you know the way um, you know cashier looked at me like I was some sort of criminal <laughs> he he couldn't believe it. he's like I want to leave now over a can of beer <laughs> i think i'd be like so i think it's the same in edinburgh 
and I think it stops around 10 o'clock and my friend was in Edinburgh and I was like I'm, ne- I'm never going what is what's the point <laughs> honestly I saw your face drop when you mentioned that like, you can't buy alcohol after a certain time last... right eight is so early I don't even finish yeah. work at eight <laughs> yeah when my friends go from UK to Lithuania, their entire schedule revolves around that eight o'clock curfew. It's almost like, oh, should we buy now? Or when we're going here and then we're buying? Or we're not buying it from the day before? It's... You've got to really plan out your alcohol. You've got to really yes. plan it out. <laughs> so are there any other countries that you've lived in or would like to live in? Like, is this Australia on the card? Uh, I think it's too far away from mm. everyone, isn't it? Like, even, you know, when you think about Lithuania and, like, London, uh, I could I, I could go and see my brother in, like, what, like, three, four hours, you know, including mm. the trip, trip to the airport. Australia is just, Jesus Christ, it's, like, all the jet lagging and what is it, like, 20 hours if you're lucky there are too many things that can kill you (laughs) there are too many poisonous things too many yeah that too and but not even the distance to go back it's also to talk and communicate like Mm. you know it's it i mean the two hours sometimes between uh, you know london and lithuania like it's already uh, can pose certain issues when i call someone and they're like it's 11 o'clock i'm sleeping well you know in my time Mm -hmm. it's nine you know what when you do we talk about you know what eight hours or seven i'm not sure what's the difference but it's yeah i can't wrap my head around that i don't understand it like the time zones but it's also sometimes when you look at the time zone sometimes you might have a uh, countries which are in like in one line but would be on a different time zones yeah. so they Absolutely. literally have a sunset at the same time in those two countries but it would be a, an hour apart it doesn't make sense no. i think it's all a lie <laughs> bonkers if we just all stopped and then said this is this is the time but imagine if some places like yet yeah, you know it's midday and they're in pitch black just get used to it because yeah, then we all know what the time is. Um. <laughs> I'm sure you would used to it, no? Right. Anyway, that's my qualm with that. <laughs> anyway, you said that obviously English isn't your main language. I'm guessing it's Lithuanian. How many languages yes. can you? Speak? Is it just? Oh um, well, I well I uh, now been learning Spanish for the past three years, I think. Or yeah, just because I want to maybe one day move to Spain. Uh, maybe nice. uh, I thought it would be a, a you know I'm gonna give myself heads up and start learning it now and it's also it's quite nice because with every language your personality changes like who I am now I'm not I wouldn't be the same person if I would talk in my own language because you have a first of all different knowledge you can't say everything I know in English in Lithuania and like vice versa and your jokes are different and uh, it's just, uh, it's quite interesting. And like when you sleep, when I had my first Spanish dream, I was like, oh, this is interesting because it's, you know, brain is just accumulating information and one time it's English, another time it's Lithuanian. So it's, no, it's, it's cool. It's a really good sign of, of um, like you becoming fluent. Yeah, not fluent in No, but no as in like, so yeah. uh, one of my family members moved to France and they were like, they knew I was like really picking it up and becoming really good at the language when I started dreaming in French mm. mm-hmm. because otherwise it's like a free yeah. lesson no 
Yeah. Like if you're dreaming, you're, you're, you might as well dream in a different language, learn something. I hope you're not like in your dream, like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when you know that you're just not, you're not, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> I saw in an interview from my research, yes, I did that, but not stalking, <laughs> um, that you have lots of different movies, favourite movies. Um, I'd love to know, well, I do know because I read it, but love to tell everyone else i don't know don't worry yeah, you're telling everyone me. who's listening who's or who will be listening um what are they and have they influenced your writing at all oh uh, the third one yeah so the my most favorite movie is run lola run it's uh, german so it's lola rent i believe um the actual title and i think it if uh, i mean it's a it's a such a First of all, we didn't have a lot of budget and it has a great idea and I never seen a movie like it before. Uh, and everyone who I showed it to, everyone finishes the movie. If I'm just going to be like, let's just watch it for 10 minutes. You just can't stop watching it because the action comes straight in the beginning and it just never ends. And for most of the, spoiler alert, for most of the movie, she's running. That's an actual thing. She's running. <laughs> Well, a lot of time, yeah, because, uh, but it's it's really, like, it's a really great idea. So anyway, uh, movie number one. Movie number two, it's uh, Emily. So that's a French movie. Um, I thought they just had a really great storytelling and uh, the acting was, uh, I, don't, I don't know, it was just very, again, very, very different from what you see in uh, American movies. And it, I thought it was just quite brave and, uh, and beautiful uh, project. So, yeah. And the last one, which is probably quite surprising, is uh, 500 Days of Summer, which you might have seen. I love that movie. And it's very, it might feel very strange because I'm mentioning two like European, like European movies and, you know, like quite wacky, low budget. And when you have something like 500 Days of Summer with like Zoe Deschanel, so very like pop. But, you know, what I liked about that movie was... Uh, was that the, the person who wrote and directed it, he actually used that, uh, his feelings from the real life situation. And, and I think this particular movie, movie is uh, one of the things which when I was writing my book is like it influenced me because in the movie, there's no one who points fingers at either of the characters saying you're bad or you're bad. We just yeah. tell the situation and then it's left for uh, the people who are watching it to interpret. And uh, I think I did the same for the for my book oh, because I have a lot, so. you know, because you have people who support Jody or they support Ethan. And yeah. uh, but you know, I I never pointed fingers at anyone really. So so obviously you you, you did media um, and you're sort of into films and that all makes sense. Yeah. Um. Is that do you think why you wanted to write a book then? Because you're like, oh, I just love storytelling and like watching all that happen. Or is it a very separate thing? Oh, it's probably quite separate thing, but mm. uh, I don't know if I mentioned, so I actually work as a video editor. Mm -hmm. So I am, I, you know, I'm building the stories almost every single day. And it's all about, you know, like when you tell and like when you swap things, like what's going to be more impactful. So I think that's naturally running in the background helped me a lot, not with an actual editing, but with a, with a structure of a story. Yeah. And, you know, people said, like, you know, pacing was good. So I'm like, okay, take for this one. But I think the reason why I wanted to write was because 
I I figure out that I have these stories and I, I might never be able to tell them. Mm. And I thought like the only way I could possibly put it um, into into a book. But I didn't realize how lengthy and hard it will be. And it's just, oof. <laughs> I think it but it's okay. People do make it look really easy because obviously I, I don't know anything at all. And obviously this is a great section because I'm just going to sit there and be like, oh, tell me more about how you write a book <laughs> because I just buy them. And I'm like, oh yeah. Cool. So that kind of uh, actually links to the first question I had written down here. Uh which was who or what inspired you to become an author? Okay, so that's quite actually interesting. So I I I never really read like many books in general. And, uh, you know, when I was younger at school, you know, teacher would be always like, you know, you need to read this. But I always would have very bad experience. I would either not remember what I read or it would just not be like my cup of tea. And it's just basically... I started to read books when I started to write one. Okay. Now, why did I started to write? So sorry, why did I started to read books? Is when I um, I used to just wear glasses, and when I did a LASIK eye surgery, and on like when they were assessing me, they said you have stigmatism, which basically means that your vision is you know blur uh, blurred, mm. and they said like sometimes it can give you headaches when you read, and I'm like oh. That answers, you know. This makes so much clear. sense. <laughs> yes, that makes a lot of sense. But what I also didn't realize was uh, that I also was dyslexic for a long time because I I thought I might have been, but I went to the university and they did some tests. They're like, no, you're not dyslexic. But like, as I kept, you know, my friend from my friends and my family, they're like, we're pretty sure you are. You know, like look at the mistakes you do. So when I realized I was also like dyslexic. I realized why I couldn't read like uh, read the books because yeah. first of all it gives me headaches and when I read I don't read what's actually written so I would make up words as I re- read yeah and so I started to listen to audiobooks so I would get the book I would put the headphones in and I would just basically trace it with my finger and someone would read it correctly to me. and uh, pff, that was game changer I was like this is what the books are fuck me you know it was just like you know book after book and like I didn't care what genre of the book was it like is it drama is it you know uh, uh, like detective is it a thriller is it a horror is it like you know um yeah like anything yeah how does that affect you writing I mean we've heard about how it affects you reading but how does that affect you you write audibly um it's a nightmare a short answer (laughs) It, re- it really is. So um, so basically, my boyfriend uh, told me, like, because, you know, he was there since the draft one. And he's like, well, this is like a minefield, basically. And, like, we're going to try, like, you know, him and uh, the editor, who uh, they were like, okay, we're going to try to get the most uh, spelling mistakes out. But mm-hmm. there's there would be, like, so, so many that... Uh, reading now like some people are like oh this is a spelling mistake I don't know if you catch up on any but there was definitely few which were like just like like no one spells like that it's just like sometimes I would write a word which sounds like the other the like the other word and people would not even know like what it means so they would need like editor would 
copy and paste like what is it you're trying to say you know here you know the, the few funny examples would be uh, it was like a sentence something uh you know uh, and i you know i go through the double sliding doors and wank into the vegetable section <laughs> instead of walked <laughs> it would have been a very different book <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, or there was like something. Uh, it was something about like when his wife runs away. He's like, "Oh, I, I just you know wanna lie here in pieces," mm. and just yeah. something like uh, instead of like peace. So it's so it's like it's simple things like this which also made like a lot of people laugh. Like when we were editing the process, like they had a lot. They they actually wanted to extract all those sentences and put it on onto the side that almost like a, as a blooper reel at the end of the book, just inc- <laughs> include all of them because there was just so many when you just change that one word and it's just, mm. it just makes everything, yeah, very... By the way, wanking thing, it was like actually had to do command uh, H on the entire document. It was like about yeah. 10, 10 times that wanking instead of walking it really then it really would have been a different book if it was that many times (laughs) that would have been interesting imagine like where people you know just by changing one word how the book would change it would be a bit more 50 shades of gray yeah (laughs) but you know it's fine like I know I know my strength and I know my weaknesses and I'm not gonna uh, uh over you know beat myself with a stick because mm, yeah. of, of this and as Sid you said you know like you know you also have like a spelling problems and it's just I mean it's not really my job as like effectively the storyteller it's not about mm. the spelling isn't it so no, gosh, no. whatever you know it's just like yes and I'm gonna make those mistakes and from time you know but um, I think I was just gonna hire now two editors for my second book do, yeah do you do you look back at the process and do you go like do you almost because obviously the process is now done and when you like reach that that end point where you're like oh my god this is my book do you forget how difficult it was or were you like nah that was a minefield well I'm writing the second one now so it's a really good reminder of what it was <laughs> and thank god I've writ- written this because if I wouldn't have a first like it was just really hard because you don't know how long it will take you don't know if it's even possible maybe it's just not for you but Mm. now when I went through all of it once I kind of remind myself you know this is this is the journey and this is what you have to do and it's lengthy and it's painful you know but you you do it you know and you know that the reward at the end is going to be great so just kind of just kind of pushing it through Mm. I think it's also you've already done it so you know you can do it Mm. so I think yeah, I think that first one, because I cannot ever imagine writing a book. I think I'd start and I'd be like, nope, no thank you, can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of people who say that we should, and I'm just like, no, 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 you've got the wrong end of the stick. I like reading them, but no, no, no. I was like, please, please, don't make me, I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. So what would be your ideal um, writing setup when you write? Because I also saw that you have music that inspires you Mm, Um, did you mm -hmm. listen to music and write or is it something that oh I've heard this and then yeah it's so strange actually about the music because my friend flagged me that he said that you can't listen to the music when I'm working so when I'm working I never listen to the music and he's like oh because music is something special for you like you're actually you know experiencing it I was like yes 
But when I'm writing, which is even like, for me, it's even harder than working. However, the music, like if you, if you think about the particular scene, I think it's so great because as a video editor, every time you apply the music, it just kind of gives that vibe. So if you have a certain scene in mind, you put that soundtrack, which you you kind of w- wanted to like represent and it just makes it easier to write. It's easier to get into the motion. If someone is very sad or lonely, you put that music, but that particular song, it might even go on a repeat for, you know, like 10 mm-hmm. times till you write that scene down. But it really makes, for me, massive difference. I mean, I guess it's like, um, I know lots of people read and listen to music. Like that's oh. been a big debate of people is like, do you have silence or do you listen to music? Which I'm pretty sure I don't know if it's you, Sid, or Beth that listens I to have music. To. And... I I can't read in silence anymore. But I also can't yeah. go to sleep in silence. I hate silence. Whereas I'm a I'm Absolutely a silence person. It. You know, I have it if something's playing, I'll be thinking or even if someone's talking, I'll be thinking about that instead of what's actually in front of me. You ever people watch and then that inspires you on characters. That's a, that's that's something also which been brought by the same friend who said about me listening to the music. Uh, so he said because he once invited me to a coffee shop to write and uh, he's like does how does it make you feel and I'm like I don't know it's it's good vibe and he's like is it because you actually see the life around you you see the people and it's just somehow it's easier to to come up with like ideas or like something whereas when you're at home it's just so stationary there's just like yeah. no life really yeah. isn't it so I actually makes a lot of sense for people writing in like coffee shops and it's not just like a hipster thing and you put that so much more politely than uh Sid does uh hipster Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um cool I have another question having read this interview I saw that um, they asked you what your most unusual subject researched for your writing was, and you put hard to detect human poisons in toxicology assessment. I'd be worried if I saw that on someone's computer. Please, by the way. please can you explain, A, what that means, yeah. and why? Why? <laughs> so that was for my second book. Okay. And uh, and it's really... It's really um, Sometimes it's just so so strange because you approach the people and then... Um, okay, so to answer this question, what does it mean? It's basically uh, there's a certain uh, cer- certain things like a natural occurring ele- elements in, um, in, uh, in nature, which people might consume and it might be like deadly for them. So it might not necessarily might be like a poisonous berry, but one of them is, for example, one of these things can uh, occur naturally in like fried foods. Uh, the mm-hmm. element uh, I'm, I'm not sure what, what it is but uh, you know one of the one of a person who was uh, poisoned was because you know they basically uh, they've been like on their fried food they've been put this substance and then they eat and then they get that poisoning and they die but on toxicology report they would just see off amount of that molecule in their body or substance but it would be well because it's not a poison uh, like per se it's very hard when, when to say that it was intentional because you can always be like, oh, maybe they just got really unlucky. Maybe they just been eating a lot of fried foods. Like it's, it's you know, it kind of washes, uh, uh, like muddies the water for the police to actually like figure out. I've done like a lot of weird research in that way. And it's, but, you know, on the internet and on Quora, people ask all sort of questions. And you sometimes wonder 
is it for them? You know, it's like how to kill someone <laughs> without me, them, you know. And I recently yeah. had an interview with a detective, and basically I brainstorm my my you know my book, and he answered all the questions. And when he asked me, he's like, "Oh, so this is you know like you know like completely fiction?" And then and I'm like, "Well, not really. Like you know, this old lady in this brainstorm, like I actually look after her and I actually care for her." Um, and the book is about you know someone like her being murdered and how to get murdered without you know getting away with it effectively and he's like oh and I realized that you know for him he's spilling the beans of the police work what they would do what they would investigate and what me for example as a murderer what would I need to do to get away with it and like yes after that interview I went to a lot of friends and I was like I know I know how to now effectively murder someone so you heard it here first um, <laughs> <laughs> we found your man um, <laughs> no that's really interesting though and it actually sounds like a really interesting book that you're writing and I saw that you had two kind of options that you were thinking of so is this a second one after my wife JD or a standalone I basically I started uh, to write the like kind of like a sequel but it's like sequel not really sequel of my wife Jody, but then uh, you know I did became a volunteer for a charity who looks after old people, and when I met this you know amazing lady who I've been look after her, but her situation was so interesting and there was like just so many elements I never thought of, uh, you know what could happen you know to this person, so you know I said well this has to be you know a book and I brainstormed with a couple of people and they're like this is amazing and you need to write this now. Like, you need to write this now because she's still alive. Like, you're still going mm. and seeing her, you know, and, and you can get the inspiration, you know, and she's so sick that she might, you know, die soon. So I kind of postponed my my bad sequel and I started to write uh, this, new, this new book. Yeah, I think that leads nicely into actually talking about my wife, JD. Um, so please, could you give us a brief synopsis of what the book is about? Funny thing, I actually read a few synopsis by other people, you know, after they like comment. Mm. And I thought like, oh, this should be at the back of a book, not my <laughs> not my version. Really? The story is about a, a very successful man who is very happy with his setup, with his family, friends. And uh, one day he just realized that all his life is has been engineered by his wife which basically makes him to descend into the madness yeah i'd say the genre is very thriller Mm -hmm. thriller with like an element of sci-fi in it yeah would you say that jd's powers are sci-fi and natural apparently sid read somewhere that someone said it was paranormal Someone on Goodreads was like, oh, this is paranormal. And I was like, is it? We were like, ah. I'm so glad you're bringing this up because this is one of the things I wanted to ask generally about <laughs> you guys. Because I struggled so much by thinking, how do I want to present this book? Because, mm-hmm. you know, normally when you go for like psychological thrillers, you have like the setup exactly what you have now, but you're not going to have any some sort of uh, these like... Uh, you know, sci-fi or like a supernatural elements. Uh, but then, uh, you know, I feel like because the way Jody's powers are not really like, no one is really diving into Jody's powers or like how it mechanically works. I think it, it mm. would exclude the sci-fi element. 
So, but then when you talk about supernatural, you normally think about the ghosts and uh, that sort of stuff. So she's really like, I don't even like, I generally don't know how to like market it or like, yeah, yeah, it's like, what is it? So I just decided just to ignore that and just go for, you know, psychological thriller and then make a lot of people upset in the process because there were a lot of people Do you know what? When I read, because I Cam read this and then and then I read it, and we very, we're quite good at being spoiler free between us. If Beth had mm. read it, we'd know everything, and Beth um, would want to know beforehand what all the yeah. spoilers were. But because I saw everywhere like thriller and and um, and psychological thriller, I was like, oh okay. And then I, when I was reading it, I remember texting Cam and being like, huh? she got powers what and then but because it wasn't there I was like well this is such a twist yeah you know what I mean I think if it was in there and I was expecting it and it had been put anywhere I'd have been like well yeah sure but because I didn't think it was gonna go that way I was like get out of town like the whole reason the prologue exists is to establish that scene on a on a mountain and how Ethan kind of like dies and then on the first chapter, there's his friend saying, you never you had never any had accident. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. And, and yeah. this is one of those things, like, I was like, please, people, I really hope you want to, you know, there's definitely something you need to be basically open-minded for this book. I mean, having read that, because I, I read um, Blood Orange by Harriet Tice, I think is how you pronounce her last name. And I didn't listen to the prologue. And then at the end, it went back to the prologue. So from now on I'm like well I clearly need to pay attention to that (laughs) so I remember and I didn't have a pen because I was going to write it on but I also didn't want to influence how the girls read it reading the accident and then going I think it was like a year in advance as well so I was like it's not even this isn't even a flashback I was like what how the heck has that happened I was like wait isn't he dead? Uh, and I, I was so confused I mean some people say I'm blonde so maybe that's why I didn't catch on to it (laughs) but you know it's yeah I'm really glad that I didn't know Mm. about it and actually I don't know if I'd had wanted to pick up the book if I knew that that was in there um it's not you're not a sci-fi are you I think I am Mm. and like I watch the movies and stuff but when it comes with a thriller um and you know and knowing that Jodie controls his life you just think it's like I've read loads of thrillers where basically the other half is just controlling and you think, oh, it's going to be one of those. It's not Before You Sleep, is it? Bef- no, I've behind, not read that behind, one. Oh. I think behind her eyes, yeah. So I haven't read that book, so please no spoilers on oh, that. Okay. Or if, okay. You are, if you two would like to talk about it, I'll take my headphones out. But I'm glad we went the same way. But actually, yeah. when I... No, I just I mean, felt like Behind Her Eyes has, like, you know, the ending. Every, uh, all, uh, I mean, everyone is talking about the ending. But, you know, once you have everything about the book you you go back and you're like what like it's parts wouldn't make sense like yes it was yeah written. but the reason why i wrote this book like i i i i'm so uh i'm always looking for blood holes like it naturally so mm-hmm. i wrote this book and i spent so much time trying to make everything so it doesn't have a blood hole and someone did contact like someone wrote the review saying like oh unfortunately it, it like, has a lot a lot of blood holes and i messaged them and it's like oh thank you so much please let me know what the blood holes for improvement <laughs> and she listed the questions and i answered all of them and she, i was like here here you go no blood holes i thought yeah it just kind of it flowed so well and i think that's why that superpower 
also worked in the book. Um, because I mean, the forget that it ha- you, she could have done this, but when Ethan gets stabbed, I mean, the fact that you also get to build with the characters, I cried. At, at that scene and I don't cry uh, and Sid will say she doesn't cry but she does now so if she cried she I cries. didn't I didn't cry but I did make very loud <gasps> on the yeah. train throughout all of it reading it and I was reading it on the train too it was just gasping because I didn't see any of it coming I, I think thought it was so clever my biggest thing was I do not read like crime I do not read thrillers this was I, her first one this was my first like oh, wow yeah, mm. I am no a fantasy <laughs> romance gal. Um, like I'm, I yeah. There we go. I said it. Um, and so when Cam gave me this book, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna. Be... I was like, okay. Cam was like, no, just read it. I was like, okay, fine. I read it, and once I got to the um, ah, oh, JD's been controlling Ethan's life. I was like, interesting. So I carried on. And um, and then I was like, oh my God, what do we believe? So then I started questioning everything. Mm-hmm. And then when we find out about how, I did call how Laura had died though, because I remember sending you a voice note and I was like, she killed her. I was like, I know she's done it. She's done it. She's killed her. And I knew at that point, I was like, I'm so into this book because I was sat on the train sending, I think I phoned you. I've, I think I, you sent me, snaps as well like on the train being like this is what's going to happen I was like I'm putting it out there and then at the end I was like they're both bad for each other and I just got quite invested so it was a great experience (laughs) no I know I'm just I'm I'm just really happy that someone had uh, these kind of um you know emotions (laughs) would you like this book to be made into a film or a tv series oh what a question well (laughs) Obviously, I even actually said that uh, if um, if throughout my career as a writer, someone is gonna approach me, um, you know, for like any of the books, I will say, please, please, do the the first one, mm. because I, I I myself think, you know, like it it still might have like flaws and stuff, but as a, as a visually, I think yeah, the story would be really well like uh, um, I think it would transpire well. Yeah, miniseries. And even when I was writing a book, I was like, funny thing, because I was like looking into the gaps between like an interesting things which happens. And I'm like, the gaps are very evenly distributed. Mm. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this would be episode one. This would be the episode yeah. two. And, you know, because, you know, it's, I don't know. Have you have you ever seen Dr. Foster? No. Is that? <sighs> it's on BBC. Yeah. And it's about this woman who like takes down her husband because she's been cheating on him. And like nice. really like just goes for him. It's really well done. And I think it gave me that sort of vibe because it's got it's a short series, but they're quite long episodes. And like at each one, you're like, <gasps> no. And it I think it would work with something like that. I'd recommend it. It's a really great series. Thank you. Who would you cast for Jodie, Ethan, Charlie, Theo, Laura? Oh my god. Your daughter, Annalie. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe I mean, just the big uh, ones. Maybe even yeah. if you just knew like Jodie and Ethan. I don't know. I was thinking, would Jodie Comer be really, yes. really strange? Because when mm. I was writing this, um, uh, I don't even know. I wondered if the, the reason she's called Jodie because of her. I'm not mm. entirely sure. But you know, like I was thought about this blonde hair, like in Killing Eve. 
like how she is and uh, and also i felt like she she can be quite twisty like the way she mm. is in killing eve but at the same mm. time i mean I, as i said i don't know like who you support in the end and like who you who you kind of side with but i feel like the emotional baggage uh jody needs to kind of carry on throughout you know i feel like mm. may, i think she could do a gr- great job to jody Comer is also in dr foster she is oh she is. nice nice yeah uh, no i yeah. can definitely see jody Comer. cam who did you side with at the end because now I, I don't think we've ever spoken about this do you remember because i definitely know who i did and i definitely did pick a side i i don't think i did I think you said they were both as bad as each other. <laughs> yeah. I think I felt more sorry for Ethan. That's funny like, thing that you didn't, Ethan. like, you, you then you probably kind of stayed in the middle. There's a few people who contact me and say, you know, like, they do say, like, you know, uh, not sure. they haven't picked yes. a side. Yeah. This is cool. This is, like, definitely a minority, which is, you know, yeah. puts you in a special mm. category. Who did you side with, Sid? It took a lot of deliberating. <laughs> I took it very seriously. Um, <laughs> at the end, I think I sided with Jodie. Not that I was like, you've done bad, you've done bad things. Mm. I was like, you're a bad person. But also, like, she she just wants to be loved. Just someone love her, you know? Yeah. And, and I get the whole, I do get the whole, like, because if I could go back and make a day perfect, I think I would. But then I realised, <laughs> no, like, the quirks of it is what makes the day good. But, like, I'm more like Jodie, where I'd be like, oh, my God, you fell over? I'll fix that for you. I'll fix it for you right away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I think she just, like, got used to it and went too far. So I just wanted her to be... I just wanted to, like, hold her and be like, it's okay. I know I know you did bad things, but, like, you didn't mean them. I mean, I read... Um, I read in said interview that uh you said that you connected really uh you you connected a lot with jody whilst you were writing so are you mm. side jody well actually jo- when i started to write the book the first draft jody wasn't jody jody was this evil evil person who was torturing eva ethan on the side and he you know she was he was just his like, kind of like a puppet like that was mm. the first draft and I remember kind of like writing like you know I don't know half of a book and someone yeah kind of like attacked her a lot and then at one point I just defended her it's like but yeah no in the end like, you know she does give him a good life but then they were like very like against Jody, and I just naturally started to defend her and it just clicked with me that it's just it just makes sense. like because I was writing from Ethan's point of view I was hating Jody as I was writing the book, but as soon as it got to the parts where like it was Jody's story, I'm like, oh, you know, suddenly it's it's not as easy to to just you know put all the blame on her, you know. And so I actually uh, I basically made them more human because you know before you know he's both a good guy and a bad person, yeah. and now it's more just like two people with flaws, but you know those flaws are. They are so deep with, uh, you know, because Ethan clearly, like, you know, I wrote him as quite arrogant. He is, mm. uh, and you might not even th- think that he is, but he's quite arrogant. He's one of those types, like, you know, masculine males who's like, this is what I have, you know, this is all my doing, you know, I'm so, you know, I mean, you do kind of get this in that first chapter. It's like, this is me, you know, like, I deserve this. And the yeah. fact that once he realized that Jody is behind his entire success, 
he just can't comprehend the fact and in no way he even says thank you like you know he knows she saved his mother who is very important to him but he he never really says thank you because all he's actually obsessing about in terms of jody i felt like i felt like how lonely you wouldn't feel mm. if you would be someone like her who you only know like you know um what happened and you try to make everyone as happy as possible and it's like if you would have that power since the day you can remember it is like you can't you, you can't just not use it like it's part of you this is what you do this is like the someone would just say like okay just from now on always limp everywhere you wouldn't like you forget and then you start walking like it's yeah when um you know the bit where you really feel how trapped Ethan mm-hmm. is like that really I think that's why I started to feel more sorry for Ethan um mm-hmm. because he wasn't really the one in control um and like you definitely got the arrogant side of him but that it was he was is made that, that is, way is that to the towards the end when he's like I can't confront her I can't blame yeah. her everything I will yeah. tell her she will know so I have to just pretend I think I was actually upset that Jodie didn't die yeah I think when I was reading it and you know she came back or whatever and basically ended up preventing herself from dying I think when I read that I went oh damn (laughs) when it was like you've got the world's biggest list of people that he's cheated on you with like why just just let him go and go find someone who's actually going to treat you properly like that's when I think I was like you're irritating me now like you both just need something new like you've tried so many different scenarios and I don't think you're working so come on (laughs) um so I think that's why I was like well she's clearly not going to so bye-bye the the funny thing is you know when people when I speak about the sequel or whatever people be like but I mean there's no story really there and I'm like oh there's Mm. like a lot of still story I mean the whole idea like you the entire book is purely because to understand who Jody is really the whole book mm-hmm. is leading towards like to better understand her but we haven't but you haven't touched on any of the subjects on like you know how jody would make me feel like why did she stuck with ethan like you know or like how would ethan feel you know being with someone else who's not perfect because jody made yeah. his life perfect and suddenly you know for whatever 16 years he has this perfect person like in a life of her three weeks she disappears he kind of gets his freedom back and his life becomes shit. All the relationships becomes a little bit like yeah. bland, like, you mm. know, and, but he's used to it. So suddenly, you know, I, I started to think like he would, he would long her in some ways, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and from the other part is, uh, Ethan is the only one who knows about Jody's power. So for Jody, this is the, the, the one person who can, she actually can, talk to because she doesn't know any like she can't you know there's like so much to to be to the story that yeah i feel like the sequel has to come out can i also add very clever towards the the storyline but killing charlie oh and in like the the worst way like that that hit hard that was that was yeah. a good but sad moment <laughs> i wasn't expecting that one that one that one threw me and yeah. I was like, yeah. it's Jodie. I was like, it's Jodie. The whole time. What? Was it Jodie? No, because because of the raincoat. But then at the end, Jodie's like, how many people have that raincoat? And I was like, mm. but... And she doesn't go back. 
this is so, this is one this is one of the things I actually leave for uh, people to mm. to relate. Like you know, because Ethan wants to blame Jody, but so is everyone else in a stressful situation. You would just wanna point the guilty one. You wanna accuse yeah. someone that someone has done something wrong. There would come up probably in a sequel. Like how much research he actually done? He could have, you know, he could have tracked her. He could have checked the CCTV cameras. He knew she mm. told him she was in a shop. He didn't really did that much research. He kind of he's kind of saw one footage, and really assumed and was straight be, away. Yeah, it must be her. So I mean, in her defense, you know, people say like, "Oh, it must be her," and I'm like, mm, "Really?" So yeah, I think it was at that point of the book where I was like, "What's real?" Yeah, I was like, I was just like, "How's this gonna end?" <laughs> yeah. But it's also you probably haven't you haven't picked up, but there's a reason why Charlie dies and Jody survives, because actually I made Charlie and Jody to be quite similar in a sense that they were people pleasers, yeah. and you know I'm bringing with Charlie quite early on to say you know that she you know she was always trying to please everyone, and then she finally started to look after herself, which is great. But when she decides to let people uh, let Ethan drive her to work. But she, mm. you know, so there's a whole thing that, you know, she's she's just going to do it for him. And this basically that's what gets her killed because she doesn't have a car. She waits for the Uber. This is how the, the line, the, the alternate uh, timeline gets altered. Whereas, you know, in the previous previous version, she doesn't die. That's what Ethan, you know, picks up on mm. when Jody says there's only was two people where she was a third victim. But basically, yeah. you know, once, like at some point you have to look after yourself and Jody does that in the end she says I'm done I'm walking out you know this is it so she kind of but she also comes very close to dying so I think I wanted to mimic that thing you know like it's okay to to help people and you know wish them all the best but at some point you do have to draw the line um, when it comes to your own personal health or mental health so that was that's why Charlie had to die and that's why Jodie had to survive. Thank you so much for for joining us. This was this was actually really fun. Um, yeah, and it was really lovely to hear your insight as well. Like mm-hmm. I've never I've never been in a conversation with an author before based on their book. Um, it's really interesting, um, especially like a book we both genuinely liked. Yeah. As yeah well. like it's it's one that i definitely have recommended and people have now put on their on their list um <laughs> so nice yeah, thank you so much now... oh of course i'm really excited for your second book yeah and um, so I'll definitely i really hope yeah i really hope you would i mean uh, i mean a lot of it it's going to be taken from my real life from my experience uh mm. just with... however it is a crime thing so sid is probably going to be like i'm going to oh. try everything i'm going to try everything <laughs> It's fine because Cam keeps now giving me thrillers to try and read. <laughs> so I think I'm converting slightly. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for chatting with us. Also, when you do make this into a mini series, I'm a very cheap version of Jodie Comer. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's so promo. Nice, nice. And you're from Scotland, no? 
yes uh well i'm yeah. half scottish but yeah no it was lovely to, lovely talking to you honestly when you said jodie comer my heart was just like yes because <laughs> i've been so com- uh, compared to jodie comer so much so i had to throw that in there you know if you don't try and make it that was so smooth. <laughs> that was <laughs> so lovely to meet you. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I had a really good time. Thank you. One, two, a one, two, three, four. This has been the Backpackers Book Club. Come back and hear us again. Yeah. Sort of. Great. <laughs> <laughs> lovely.